The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. The big story today, of course, uh, in Joburg is the fact that there is no mayor. We had a resignation last night of Tepelo Ahmad. There was supposed to be a council sitting this morning. A motion of no confidence in the mayor and in the speaker, Colleen Makubele, uh, were being moved today in uh, anticipation of that. Tepelo Ahmad, who has served less than 100 days in office as uh, Joburg mayor, the Al Jamaa councillor, announced his resignation. So that sitting today had to be postponed. Postponed. It's been postponed to next week, Tuesday. Have a listen to Colleen Makubele explaining that. The meeting has to be postponed. The next council sitting that's going to sit next week, Tuesday, it will be to elect a new mayor who will then put in the executives. Then the order of business uh, can proceed. So as things stand at the moment, the city of Joburg has no mayor. And, uh, of course, we have a myriad problems in the city of Joburg. The Mail and Guardian reminding us today that we have 43,000 potholes, 15,000 kilometer plus road network affected by potholes. We've got load shedding, power cuts, water shedding as well. Um, there's, they're, they're just big problems and we have no leadership at this point. Uh, Action SA spoke to us yesterday. We're going to have a chat to them in a few minutes as well because there's some disagreements amongst coalition partners now about what to do in the city of Joburg. In short, the argument from the Democratic Alliance has been that it will not go into a coalition with the Patriotic Alliance in order to get a mayor back in and not allow another Al-Jamaa mayor to come in in coalition with the EFF and the ANC. Fred Nell is the DA Gauteng chairperson. Fred, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. The Democratic Alliance would like to see Mpopalazzi back as Joburg mayor. What is your argument on this? Well, we believe that um, Mpo showed stability when she was the leader of that municipality um, and that, you know, the municipality stabilized, the finances were stabilized. Um, We were engaging in um, negotiations to bring more electricity online for the city to mitigate against um, uh, load shedding, which is killing our economy. Um, So she definitely showed some stability as a leader. And um, once again, the resignation of Ahmad shows that there's instability in the opposing coalition. And we believe that Joburg needs stability now more than ever. So, Fred, explain the situation to me then with, with the numbers, because the Democratic Alliance will not go into coalition with the Patriotic Alliance. You need the Patriotic Alliance to join your coalition in order for you to have the numbers so that Mpopalazzi can come back in. So, so how will this work? Well, the Patriotic Alliance is not the only party that can vote for Mbupalati. There's also a number of other smaller parties um, that could also support her in her bid to become the mayor when we do nominate her at the council meeting next week. And we call on those parties to avoid the instability that we've seen with a, um, a very small party's mayor and the repetition of the same mistake and rather um, unite behind Mpo um, in the mayoral election next week. So, yes, we do not want to coalesce with the Patriotic Alliance. That has been a decision of our uh, top structures um, because they've they've dropped us twice already and we just don't believe that they will bring stability to a coalition. Um, And if you don't have that kind of stability, you can't deliver services. 
And is the Democratic Alliance currently speaking to its coalition partners? Are, are you currently speaking to Action SA and the ACDP and the IFP and everybody else around the idea of Mbopolazzi uh, returning to that position? And what kind of buy-in do you have? Well, we have constant communication with the coalition partners. Um, we also have a coalition in Trani, um, and we will be engaging them ahead of the Joburg um, election next week as well in order to support the DA's candidate for the mayor. Um, that situation hasn't been resolved yet, but we will definitely engage in talks with them. And Fred, uh, obviously we had a situation where Mpopolazzi was contesting the leadership of the Democratic Alliance. Uh, John Steenhuisen won that uh, that leadership race. Does that in any way uh, impact or influence the, the DA's support of Mpopolazzi? Um, or uh, do you believe as a party she's still the best person for the job? No, not at all. Um, you know, she was chosen to be the mayoral candidate for the DA for Joburg for very good reason. Nothing has changed as far as that is concerned. We believe that Mpo um, has proven herself as the mayor in that municipality, keeping the coalition together and giving good, stable leadership. And as the DA, we will back 100% to become the mayor of Joburg again. Fred, thank you very much. Fred Nell is the DA Gauteng chairperson. Mpo Palazzi has said that uh, she will um, accept that she wants to be the mayor of Johannesburg again. Well, what does Action SA say about this? Stembelo Majola is the Action SA City of Joburg caucus spokesperson. Stembelo, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, there we have the Democratic Alliance saying that they want Mpo Palazzi back, but they won't go into alliance with the Patriotic Alliance. In your view, do you think the numbers work? Would would this be possible? Um, as things stand um, uh, when uh, Wendy, uh, Mandy uh, I'm sorry, good, 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 um, good afternoon to your listeners as well as things stand between us and the DA, um, it will be absolutely impossible for us to uh, consolidate enough numbers for us to be able to successfully elect an executive mayor if we don't have the support of the Patriotic Alliance uh, Action SA is disappointed at the at the attitude of the DA uh, for not wanting to to engage at least with the, P- the Patriotic Alliance. I just had the interview um, on uh, on Newsroom Africa by the the former executive mayor, Councillor Paul Palace, saying that they their demand is that the PA should cut ties with the ANC in other metro in other municipalities. I mean. That's a very, that's a very, it's a very harsh demand. It's, it's a very strong demand, especially at the start of this, um, um, at, at, at the start of uh, um, coalition negotiations here in Joburg. You cannot um, seriously, uh, you know, demand that political parties must cut ties with other partners mm. uh, because what if it works for them at, at, at a different metro yeah. and they want to work with you here? And, and, and we really think that the DA should rather begin to treat these negotiations with a degree of seriousness. Stembelo, uh, Fred, Fred from the DA now, who I just spoke to, uh, said that the Patriotic Alliance is not the only party that can be the kingmakers here. There are other parties that can join the coalition. Do you see a scenario where that is possible, where, where the coalition does come in supported by another party that is not the Patriotic Alliance? Well, I mean, we, we would wait on them to, to bring those uh, uh, partners. But we had thought that the PA, um, after they had changed their tune, um, uh, you'd remember that at the you know, few days leading up to yesterday, they had changed and said that they will support our motion of no confidence. 
they had shown some commit a degree of commitment to working with the multi-party government to re-establish that government and bring it back to power. So if the DA thinks there's going to be other political parties that might be viable, then we'll wait on them to bring those, the, the, those coalition partners and see if our values align with the values that are brought by those political parties. Stembele, what's going on behind the scenes? Uh, is the DA talking to the Action SA? Are you talking to other parties? Uh, you know, give us a sense of, of what's happening with these negotiations. As Action SA, we continue to be open to negotiations. In fact, um, the only party that is uh, seemingly taking a very hard stance on this unnecessarily is the Democratic Alliance. Um, just, just on Sunday, uh, there was an agreement that... Um, Political parties would 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 come together and 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 you know and 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 and, and form this coalition, but we were surprised in the morning on Sunday then that uh, the the leader of the of the Democratic Alliance saying that they will not um, work with parties like the Patriotic Alliance. Um, it's it's obviously disappointing considering Mendy that they had just a few weeks ago had 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 made this public call for a necessity, you know, to say it is necessary for political parties to come together to form an alliance, an alternative alliance that will work towards replacing the ANC. We have that opportunity in Johannesburg on the 2nd of, of May to replace the ANC. And we had, uh, you know, conversations with the PA. And to see the DA taking this hard stance on the Patriotic Alliance and Really, it's, it's, it's an unfair stance on the Patriotic Alliance. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an impossible demand. And I think, I think it goes back to saying that the DA really needs to treat these, these negotiations with a degree of seriousness. I don't think it's bright, mainly, for the, the executive, the former mayor, uh, Councillor Mpopalate, to say that they demand that the Patriotic Alliance should, um, should uh, cut its ties mm. with, uh, with the ANC in other metros as a condition to this coalition. Obviously, if something like that, um, you know, becomes a reality right. at a later stage, we would welcome that. But to say that in order for us to get into this coalition, we require that you, you, you stop working with the ANC immediately before we start this, this, uh, this relationship. It's really, it's mm-hmm. really immature and, 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 and an example of the DA being a little too rich. Stembelo, thank you very much. Stembelo Majola, Action SA, City of Joburg, caucus spokesperson there, saying the DA is taking too much of a hard line. Uh, we heard, uh, as he said, Mpo Palazzi has been saying that they need the Patriotic Alliance to end its relationship, to divorce the ANC, and then they'll consider going into a coalition. Can they get the numbers? Can the DA get the numbers to get Mpo Palazzi back in without the Patriotic Alliance? And is it being short-sighted? Well, let's speak and get some analysis now with uh, Dr. Kachiso Poe, who is from the Wits School of Governance. Doctor, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. This is what we have to deal with when it comes to coalitions, unfortunately, is that uh, there's trading. There are uh, deals that are being struck, but at the end of the day, it's the citizens that don't have a mayor for the next week. Yeah, afternoon, and I think that's exactly the the key principle in what we're seeing about coalitions. I don't even call. I don't think we should actually dignify the term coalition because there's nothing legally binding that tells us there's coalitions. It just seems to be horse trading and people trying to basically flex their muscles going into 2024. And as you correctly say, the unfortunate thing is you only have to go to the CBD and certain parts of Johannesburg to see that it's the citizens that are getting the rough end of the stick here. So now we've got a situation uh, in the city of Joburg. 
where the Patriotic Alliance is very much the kingmaker here. It's a, it's a small party, yet it is so influential. Again, with Al Jamaa, we have a situation with Tapelo Ahmad, who's now resigned, but we could see another Al Jamaa councillor becoming uh, the mayor again in the city of Joburg. Um, and then there's an argument from the ANC today, and we'll play some audio from Fakila Mbalula in a couple of minutes, saying, well, the, the, the party that has the most votes should have the mayor, or the party that has the most votes should have the, the president. Is this the fact that we actually need to, to relook, as per the constitutional court, the entire way that we elect our leaders? Uh, I know it, it, it's a temptation to go down that road, but I, I, I hazard a guess to say what we actually have is just plain lack of leadership. And I always find that South Africans, I know we like rushing towards the new shiny things, such as amendments of uh, legislation and putting up new things, but we actually never deal with the core crux of the problem. And it's namely that, that uh, look, local government is highly politicized, and a lot of people that go into local government don't actually see that, look, you can actually be... I'd say ideologically, let's say in the middle when it comes to it, because what you really need to give people is services. So I think rather than us going towards legislation, which I fear we're going to go in, in that direction anyway, we should actually be addressing the key issue, which is to say, how is it that people who are voted in as councillors and the different, in the different methodologies cannot come to a council and say, listen, we can play our politics, but at the end of the day, let's actually ensure that the administration is working properly. Because you see this in countries like Israel, which has had a lot of issues, in terms of what's happening with the politics. But the administration is allowed to carry on. And citizens then kind of say, okay, listen, you guys sort out what you need to. So I would hope that that's where we should be going towards, namely the ability to allow administration and the city to run while politicians sort themselves out. Because if we go via mm-hmm. the route of legislation, we're going to basically be at this for the next 10 and 20 years because we don't want to deal with the fact that we don't have leaders in the correct position. What about hypothetically, we have a great big summit with all the political parties and we have terms and conditions of how coalitions should work in this country? Uh, that could work, but I, I think South Africans are tired of having uh, what, we, what we tell me at the Kumbaya meetings where everything seems great and Sunday someone gives us a great speech. Maybe what we should really be saying is to say, listen, maybe we should actually start giving voters. If there's one amendment I'd like, let's start giving voters in certain regions and areas the right to say a vote of no confidence to actually dissolve uh, you know, these councils. Because I think once you start to see that, where the population of citizens are actually given the right to say, listen, we're actually not happy with what's happening, then I think you will actually see an about turn a lot from these politicians. Because at the moment, Mm. you and I have to wait for the next five years to actually be able to do that. So maybe we should just maybe turn that around to say, if citizens feel as though, look, there's no movement here, give us the right, we can use online means to vote, to actually start saying, listen, we're actually going to dissolve this for a new election altogether. Dr. Kakiso Poe, thank you very much uh, from the Wits School of Governance giving us some analysis there. What do you think? Send me a WhatsApp voice note 072 702 1567 The Midday Reports with Mandy Wiener. Join the conversation. So now on this issue of coalitions, the ANC-NEC meeting met at the weekend. The ANC Secretary General, Fakile Mbalula, has been having a briefing today and he has set out what the ANC-NEC decided on how that party should participate in coalitions. He says service delivery should not be affected by instability in coalitions. The law should be amended to ensure that public administration is insulated from coalition deal-making and bargaining, and motion of no confidence are not abused. The reason you've got portals here in Johannesburg is because every time you change the mayor and you change the council, 
it then affect the executives. Mbulula also saying that the ANC may have differences with parties, but it's open to work with some opposition parties. Although the ANC has a very serious political and ideological differences, you must now listen to this. Although the ANC has very serious political and ideological differences with some of the parties in our political landscape, this framework does not preclude the possibility of working with any party in a coalition government so long as it is in the public interest. Working with the DA, don't ask me that question, clearly with that statement is a no-no. Well, that seems pretty firm, uh, what the Secretary-General of the ANC is saying about a potential centrist coalition. There's this, been this idea that we could see a centrist coalition post-2024 between the ANC and the Democratic Alliance. The DA has said, well, we'll do anything to keep the EFF out, even if it means going into into a coalition with uh, the ANC. Ndaezo Netonje, EWN reporter, at that briefing uh, for us. Ndaezo, good afternoon to you. Fakila Mbalula speaking about coalitions. What else did he speak about today? Yeah, good afternoon, Mandy. Um, so he also spoke about uh, the powers of the electricity minister, um, South Africa's stance on uh, the um, International Criminal Court in light of that visit, or uh, imminent visit by uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin. Um, he also touched on issues related to uh, the party's integrity committee. But what I picked up, uh, the one that uh, I think we should watch out for is uh, the powers of the electricity minister, Mbalula, saying the president is going to be making that announcement uh, soon, uh, as, as soon as the end of this week, saying he did not even need uh, the, electri- the, the National Executive Committee of the ANC to make this decision. It says it's well within his powers. In fact, the president must be the one to explain why he has not given powers to Hossein Toramukupa in order to end load shedding. I think those are issues that are of, um, of interest to you and I uh, because of uh, the load shedding issue. But uh, as you mentioned, there was also issues of coalition on, or that, that uh, Balula expanded on. And Aizo, thank you. And Aizo Natonje, EWN reporter, at that briefing with the ANC Secretary-General Fakile Mbalula, um, speaking there about the, the powers, this big issue between the, the power of Gwere Mantashe, the Energy and Mines Minister, and Josienzo Ramachopa, Dr. Ramachopa, who is the Electricity Minister, and Pravin Gordon, the Public Enterprises Minister, who has the power over what. So Josienzo Ramachopa was also speaking today. He was addressing the Energy Investors Conference this morning. He spoke about renewable energy. And remember, this comes on the back of the fact that it looks like government and the president is now uh, backtracking in terms of renewable energy and the just transition, saying we should extend the lifespan of coal-powered fire state, coal-fired power stations. I always get that wrong. And Josien Soramajopa saying, well, the global north shouldn't force renewable energy on the global south. Have a listen. They benefited from fossil fuels. That's how they industrialized. Now it's our turn, then you get to be told, no, 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 go renewables, we are fine with that. We are committed to the decarbonization agenda, but the industrialized North have got a, a responsibility to contribute towards that transition. And we see conferences of this nature really that uh, plays a role in helping us to address this question. So you can see, if you are to project into the future, 
the kind of energy mix that you want, you can see that renewables are going to be an important feature of, uh, of that uh, energy mix. You can see that there's um, an accelerated decrease of fossil fuels. So this conference provides an answer to the solutions going into the future. Josien Saramahopa, the Electricity Minister, addressing the Energy Investors Conference this morning. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener is brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking on 702 and Cape Talk. Nedbank is a licensed FSP and registered credit provider. Well, let's go to Ikuruleni now, where the recently elected mayor, Siboyile Ngodwana, has been delivering the State of the City address at the OR Tambo precinct in Germiston. Ngodwana, we're talking about coalitions here, is a member of the African Independent Congress. He was elected in March. Remember, the DA's Tanya Campbell was voted out in a motion of no confidence. Tabiso Goba, EWN reporter, is listening to that address for us. Tabiso, good afternoon to you. Tell us what the mayor has been saying there. Good afternoon, Mandy. Well, you know, there, there is a number of promises that, um, that the mayor is, uh, has made. Uh, now, you'll remember that the mayor was recently elected just last month. So, you know, his, um, his uh, State of the City address is a mix of the previous DA government, but also some new ideas. Um, you know, there are some ideas that he did sort of um, carry on from the DA. So this is, this is something like uh, a diversified um, electricity, uh, you know, how, how the city is going to, you know, diversify its electricity supply. So the, the mayor is um, going to be continuing with some of the groundwork that was laid by the DA in terms of, you know, the solar farms and independent power producers. But there is also some new ideas that the mayor has put on the table. And these are just, you know, namely is the, the land parcels. So the municipality is planning on leasing some land parcels, especially in the, in the township, for businesses who would like to, you know, who don't have premises. So they will, um, you know, have um, access to land that they, you know, they will be subsidized in terms of rent. So that was just, uh, you know, just some of the um, issues that the mayor touched on. Uh, to be so, I'm interested. The, the DA said that they weren't going to be attending the State of the City address. Uh, were they there? No, 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 they aren't. And, you know, the reason they said they, they aren't is that the, they feel that the city is spending a lot of money. Um, we are currently outside and, uh, you know, there are two marching tents here, sound equipment, and uh, a number of people around, maybe two, three hundred people of the public who are here. They are going to be given lunch and uh, some other food. So the DA thought that this was um, an unnecessary expenditure. Um, the state of the city address is uh, a normal council meeting of the mayor just reporting back on what the state of the city is. And there's no need for a pump and romp, which is uh, what they say is happening today. Tobiso, thank you very much. Tobiso Goba, EWN reporter who is listening to the Ikuruleni mayor delivering the state of the city address. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener is brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking on 702 and Cape Talk. Nedbank is a licensed FSP and registered credit provider. Hi, Mandy. Political party system is outdated and doesn't work for South Africans. And it's not in the interest of political parties to account to the citizens or communities. We should do away with political party system. A direct election, uh, representatives who will report to communities on a regular basis is the way to go. Thank you. 
Good afternoon, Mandy. Good afternoon. Mandy, I'm sorry to say I told you so, but I said it on this here show that uh, Tabelo Ahmad was just a caretaker mayor and wouldn't last even a hundred days in office. Mainly, they must just swallow their pride and bring back Mashaba as mayor. Uh, the city was in a much better state uh, with Mashaba in charge. Uh, and the EFF, the DA and the rest are all about their egos and nothing about the people of the city of Jobek. It's sad. Ah, you said it indeed. I think a lot of people shared that sentiment, though. I think we all knew exactly what we were getting into with Tapelo Ahmad uh, within within the first couple of uh, couple of days with the interviews that he was doing. King Spool says at this rate, Mandy Wiener, Al Jamaa will run out of councillors to stand for mayor in the Joe Big Musical Chairs saga. All these parties are exposing themselves to, in fact, not be interested in service delivery, but want to enrich themselves by being in close proximity to tenders. TP Buccaneer saying, "Hi, Mandy. You remember how EFF stormed Swani offices after?" The mayor resigned, saying the MMC must also vacate offices. Why are they not doing the same in Joburg? Because it's not them. Is fine. Double standards of the EFF. Does anybody really understand who's who and, and where and what's actually going on here? It's so confusing, all of it. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener is brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking on 702 and Cape Talk. NetBank is a licensed FSP and registered credit provider. Well, let's go to the Eastern Cape now. The case against the two Enyobeni tavern owners, Vuyokazi and Siakangela Ndevo, that's continuing at the East London Magistrates Court. Uh, and the 21 underage children between the ages of 14 and 17 years old died at the Enyobeni tavern in East London in late June last year. Sipa Kema, EWN reporter, following that story for us. Sipa, good afternoon to you. What's happened in court today? Uh, good afternoon to you, Mandy. Well, today was the official start of trial, and um, the state uh, called up its first witness, Ms. Mwedisi Gwinana. Now, Ms. Mwedisi Gwinana is actually a neighbor. Uh, he stays just a stone throw away from Enyobeni Tavern, just literally uh, across the street or the cul-de-sac that's there. Uh, and, uh, you know, he detailed the experience of living within close proximity of Enyobeni, saying that, you know, he had issues and concerns uh, with the loud music and the fact that Enyobeni would sometimes close at 4 a.m. in the morning and um, basically also saying that, that some of the patrons from Enyobeni would trespass onto um, his property. Uh, he did say that there were several community um, meetings that were held where they actually invited the owner of Enyobeni, Siakanya Landevu, um, so that they could hear the concerns that they had as his neighbors uh, regarding his cabin. But of course, uh, he did say that Siakanya Landevu then had uh, you know, been dismissive when approached by the community. He also said that when he mentioned to Siakangela that he has an issue with people who are trespassing, he says some youngsters would uh, occasionally um, take part in you know, sexual intercourse right by his bedroom window, which bothered him at night. And sometimes at night he would often come out with a shambok and chase them away. So he did say he reached out to the Inyobeni Tavern about, uh, owner about this, uh, but was dismissive again. Now, the, I think the worrying part here, Mandy, is him saying that they had filled out affidavits and sent it to the police station as the community, uh, but also, um, they individually went to the police station to complain about Inyobeni Tavern and also reached out to Eastern Cape Liquor Board saying that... Uh, 
uh, they believe that there are also underage children there and also the closing times uh, is rather late for their liquor license. Uh, but uh, said that there was no response from the Eastern Cape Liquor Board. Now, just before um, the state was going to call their second witness, uh, we had to adjourn until the 23rd of May uh, because of load shedding. Um, the hmm. court has to switch off all the recordings and its machines 30 minutes before load shedding time uh, as to make sure that nothing gets damaged and that they could save the recordings for uh, the court um, that was in session at the time. And that's pretty astonishing, Sipa. So every time there's load shedding, half an hour beforehand, they have to switch off the recordings. Do they get any work done? I mean, that's that's what we were told, exactly. And um, the state prosecutor actually was the one who reminded the magistrate that I would love to call on my, the second witness, but however... Um, we are running out of time. The time now is 10 past 11. Half past 11, we are supposed to switch off all machines and recordings and make sure that we've saved all recordings from this court session uh, so that we can continue into the next before load shedding hits, which was scheduled for 12 o'clock. So it seems as though this is the um, norm or the practice uh, at this particular uh, uh, um, East London Magistrates Court because uh, the magistrate himself then was Yes, of course. Now I remember. Yes, we'll have to then, uh, you know, adjourn until the next date as we have to make sure that we preserve our machinery, we save all the content that has been said at this current session. So it seems like this is our everyday norm now, Mandy. Sipa, thank you. Sipa Kema, EWN reporter who is in East London, where um, that, that court matter, the two Inyobeni Tavern owners appearing in court today being disrupted, as so many other things in this country are by load shedding. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener on 702 at Cape Talk. Brought to you by NetBank Commercial Banking. See money differently. Staying in the courts, uh, we spoke about this yesterday. The trial of four men charged with the murder of former ANC Youth League Secretary General Sindiso Magaka uh, was adjourned until today. Magaka as a counsellor at the time of his killing. Uh, he was shot in Umzumkulu in KZN in July 2017. He spent some time in hospital and then he later died as a result of septic complications. So that trial due to start today. And Hrantla Mabaso, KZN EWN reporter, following that matter for us. And did this trial get underway today? Well, indeed, Mandy. The third accused in the matter, which was Mungis Ngala, and you recall she was not in, he was not in court yesterday because he was appearing for a different domestic matter at the former Pumolo Magistrate's Court. But tell you what, the friend of Cindy Somaka, who is now the mayor of Pumolo, that's Shabrida, she's now on the stand to testify. You would recall, Mandy, when that, those got men approached Cindy Somaka Kaskai and opened rifle fire at the time. Uh, Jablil Msia was one of the people. In, fre- in fact, she was sitting in the front, winning. she was sitting next to Cindy Somaka. And she also got bullet, but of course recovered, as I mentioned, that she's now the mayor of Mzimkulu. She's currently in the witness box as we speak. She's the first state witness out of the 84 that will be brought in, uh, before this court. This includes the doctor. It recall about, um, the conversations about the Mashad Katsumeli saying that Cindy so was due to start his physiotherapy. He was recovering well at the Chief Albert Lituli Hospital. But on that Friday in September 2017, he complained of sharp stomach uh, ache, um, and pains and then died in hospital. The family alleges poison. That doctor will be able to tell the court 
during this trial whether those allegations by the family are true or not. But as we speak, maybe Jabila Mistia is in the witness box. Maybe. Nkantla, thank you. Nkantla Mabaso, KZN EWN reporter. Good progress there, at least. The fact that this uh, trial is starting. The four men charged with the, mord- the, with the murder of former ANC Youth League Secretary General Sindiso Magaka. That is underway. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener is brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking on 702 and Cape Talk. Nedbank is a licensed FSP and registered credit provider. Very good afternoon, Mandy. Mandy. This this thing of coalition, it, it really becomes boring. You you can clearly see that these guys, they really don't care about the, the, the issue of service delivery. It's about their, their egos and everything else. Nothing but really their egos. It's got nothing to do with service delivery. Moshere Bai. Hi, Mandy. You know what? I'm starting to feel and think that these other small parties are failing to run Johannesburg. They don't know how to run Johannesburg, and only ANC can do that. I'm not an ANC fanatic, but I feel like only ANC can do that because they've done that before for so, so, so long. Now what we're seeing there is just a joke, a joke, a joke indeed. Well done, ANC. On uh, WhatsApp, Ibuka says, Hi, Mandy. I think the office of Joburg mayor is cursed and needs serious prayers and cleansing. Mayors either die in office or they resign before finishing their term or they get fired. Tell me, when was the last time a Joburg mayor completed their term? Parks Tower, I think, was the last Joburg mayor that completed their term, uh, which was a, a good little while ago. So, hmm, yeah, I do think that that is uh, it very much is a, a poison chalice is the position of the mayor of Joburg. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener is brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking on 702 and Cape Talk. Nedbank is a licensed FSP and registered credit provider. The spokesperson for the Department of International Relations, Clayson Moniela, tweeting uh, a short while ago saying, latest update on the evacuation of South African nationals in Sudan. Uh, the two buses have arrived safely at the border with Egypt. We have officials from the SA Embassy in Egypt to receive them and facilitate their entry into Egypt. SA government will pay for their flights back to SA. The support of everyone, including Gift of the Givers and the government of Egypt, is acknowledged and appreciated. There's 12 more nationals that will leave Sudan today with this everyone we know of will be accounted for. Well, helping and working with the government is the gift of the givers, the founder, Dr. Imtiaz Suleiman, joining us now. Doc, good afternoon to you. Always a pleasure to have you on the Midday Report. Thank you very much. Uh, Tell us about this operation to get the South Africans out of Sudan to Egypt. Uh, How did it go? It's going well, man. Given the circumstances, the guys were really traumatized for the last nine days, seeing horrific things in the city scared to more about networks collapse. You don't know where your people are. People are in different areas. You tell them to meet at a certain place. They say, how are we going to get there? We can't come. The roads are closed. We can't get to you. So there was a lot of panic and a lot of anxiety, and nobody knew how they were going to get out. You couldn't get buses. And the problem is everything has to be paid for in cash. You can't, there's no, there's no functional banks. There's no functional shops. You can't pay for anything. And, and, and so... Even your credit cards, everything you have is useless. You can't do anything. Uh, paperless, it has to be money. So we managed to get two buses then. In fact, we found a lot of buses. Sadly, after we got the buses, a few hours later, skirmishes between the two sides, 17 buses got bombed. All the buses got destroyed. And then we managed to find another two buses. And I told Dirk, oh, you know what, if you guys got a financial issue, we can pay for it. 
But fortunately, they had cash because we have to have cash in the embassy. There was enough to cover the bus, the two buses. The tragedy is that after midnight on Sunday, the network went down for almost 13 or 14 hours. And by the time the buses left, we already got on the road for an hour or two. We realized that four South Africans were left behind. You know, and there was no way to get them out. They were already left behind. And then we went back to the bus owner and said, like, we need a bus. And they said, money up front. You know, you know the story. Money up front, otherwise no bus. And then I'm thinking, what are we going to do now? So my Middle East rep, who was based in Turkey, I sent him there recently to stay there. He's, he lived in Sudan for many years. So I told him, make the call. He called the bus company and they said, money up front. He said this, that, and the other. After three minutes, the bus company said, don't worry about money. Here's the bus. Pay me when you can, wherever you can. No problem. And we arranged the bus. Next minute, we got a call from the Brazilian ambassador. I got Brazilians there. Please, can you help? We're putting nine of them on the bus. Then some Filipinos call. They need some help. Then some other people called, and we said, we'll put you all on the bus. And then finally, one of the South African ladies who left couldn't take the dog with. And there were two dogs, and she explains that when they were leaving the house, and people who own dogs will know this, that the dogs saw all the luggage, and then they saw that they were not being taken. And there was like sadness in their eyes. And I've noticed that in animals also. So I said, we put the dogs on the bus. And the dogs are there now by the compound, and hopefully they'll be on the bus in a little while. So, so what happens now? What happens to the other four South Africans and these, these two dogs um, in, in terms of getting them out? And it's, and it's, there's, there's a lot of different parts here. There's 38 South Africans and seven Angolans because the Angolans also asked for help. So there's 38 South Africans and seven Angolans on the first two buses that left at 1210 yesterday. They're right now at the Sudan border and there's thousands of people there. But they've made foreigners and non-foreign queue. The non-foreign, the foreign queue is not so big, but it's taking too long. It's not moving very quickly. But they there at the border, they're safe. They've gone through and it was an uneventful road. There was no fighting on the road itself. It was fine. Then the other four that were got left behind, they, they, this morning the company insisted they take a bus and go to Port Sudan. So three of them. So three of them are on the way to Port Sudan. And then we found another six in Port Sudan. And then we found another two today, a seventh one in Port Sudan and another one on the way behind the three South Africans that are coming. So we got another couple of South Africans in Port Sudan. The, one, the fourth South African was coming from 200 kilometers away. That was a complicated situation. She was absolutely terrified, traumatized what she saw the way. Her husband was an American, was shot with rubber bullets. He was swollen. They just, they, they just saw people getting killed and it took... Uh, got out of the city and went 200 kilometers south. And from there, the lady just didn't want to come back. And then I asked her, how do you want to get out? And then last night, you know, she said, but I'm a South African. My husband and my daughter are American. You know, South African embassy can cover South Africans. It can't cover Americans. He's got no papers. If I got no papers, the South Africans will cover me. How are they going to cover him? So I said, is the government going to do that? So I phoned the U.S. Consul General last night, and I said, we need to solve this problem now. And they called Washington about half past ten last night, and this morning passports were sent temporarily on email, and and the, uh, confirmation came that he will be allowed with the South African delegation into Egypt, and then they came this morning to to uh, the compound. They're very happy. They're fine. Three South Africans went to Djibouti. They hopped onto some of the aircrafts of the companies they work for, like an embassy or another company. There were planes coming from Italy, France, Great Britain, Ireland, and they were just putting anybody on. So they managed to get through to Djibouti. Some, I think, went to South Sudan. 
and there were two South Africans who are there now, said, you're not coming back. They want to stay. So, I mean, you can't force anybody to so, come back so, to us staying there. So we've sort of managed to cut out for 60, 61. There's a few more missing. I don't know where they are. Okay. Maybe it's surface a little later. But everybody's accounted for. We're supposed to leave at 11 o'clock today, but it's fighting on the outskirts of, of Khartoum. So the advantage is using the same bus company that's moving up and down. We're getting intelligence to say, don't leave, leave, come, don't come. The fighting just stopped about half an hour ago, and maybe in the next hour we put them on the bus to send them. Uh, Doc, we know that you and the Gift of the Givers have uh, done operations in all kinds of conditions, in all kinds of countries um, across the globe, in various states of natural disaster and conflict. Uh, this is obviously a very tricky situation because there is conflict ongoing. We've heard from Clayson Moniela speaking about how how dangerous dangerous it is. We saw the British operation uh, was was almost scuppered by by violence as well. Uh, how how does this compare to other conflict situations where you've had to work in? Well, there seems to be a bit of a difference here, Mandy. It doesn't seem like they're targeting foreigners. It actually seems like they want the foreigners to leave. Yeah. You can't control a rogue element within any in, in, in structure. Within military, paramilitary, you can't control a rogue structure and you can't control bandits. But even with mandatory, nobody really gets killed. They just get robbed. You know, it, it, it's, it's crime without violence. So on the road itself, we were worried because, you know, we thought it's going to be an all-out kind of Mayhem, they can stop you. Some, you know, some, some of the embassies were, were looted. You know, not in the embassy, but on the road. And the, the, the testing case was yesterday when they crossed outside Khartoum. They said there were only two checkpoints. But in the meantime, of course, the company has got buses running to Port Sudan and Egypt. Those are the two main, main mm-hmm. ways that people are using. And right. when I spoke to the team, they said there was nothing. It was free all the way up to to to, to their border. But today, they said that's fighting, but that fighting is not related to foreigners. It's like they're saying, please go, because we're going to, we're going to cause a mayhem here after mm-hmm. all you are gone. So it's, it's much safer in terms of foreigners. I think four diplomats got killed, you know, and one or two others got shot by being in the crossfire or something. But it hasn't been like a large volume of foreigners being killed or attacked. Right. It doesn't seem that way. Doc, thank you so much. As always, Dr. Imtia Suleiman, founder of Gift of the Givers, explaining there the South African operation to get our nationals out of Sudan. Uh, they are now uh, at the border with Egypt. And as he explains, there are still some others that are unaccounted for and some that still need to get out to. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener is brought to you by Nedbank Commercial Banking on 702 and Cape Talk. Nedbank is a licensed FSP and registered credit provider. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. The Midday Report.